Our young people are still across at the New Day camp. They are finishing today, then they will begin their journey back. We pray that God's grace and favor be upon them, and he brings them safely back in Jesus' name. Praise God. And uh, Haman and our sister, uh, uh, sister Sam and uh, brother Andy and Nikki, they have been across at Focus. They've done a lot of work there. I know they've been blessed so richly in the, for the time that they've been there. And maybe next week or next week, but we're going to give them a chance to give us a testimony of what the Lord has done. So get yourselves ready. The time is coming for, for you to be able to give the testimony. And I believe we shall be blessed together in Jesus' name. Praise God. Yesterday we were crossing Hastings, and his, 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 his nice feel has given us a payback. He's, they have come back again across to London. Praise the Lord. We had a wonderful time in Hastings. Linda took us, all of us there, and we bless Linda for that wonderful work that you're doing. Praise the Lord. And we were so blessed. And while we were sharing with Phil, he touched something that I'll pass across unto us before we dig deep into uh, almost finalizing the series that we've been sharing on about the visitation of God. And it was with regard to where are you going or where, what are you expecting or what is your hope all about? What are you looking up unto? It was a nice, it was a nice thing. It, it stirred something within my heart and in the, in the whole course of the night it kept on pumping within my spirit. I said I will share it with us just for a few moments to encourage us and to give us that particular continual oomph to, go, to keep on moving on forward and putting one step in front of the other because he who has called us, he is faithful. And just briefly we'll look at it. That is Hebrews chapter 11 verse 13 to 16. We shall hear what the word of God says. This is Hebrews 11 13 to 16, the heavenly hope. These all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind the country from which they had come, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Margaret, you'll have to see here. You'll have to read. There's another one that you're yeah, good to read. Okay. Right, right, right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Lovely. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you, Margaret. That is a wonderful thing that you've done. The Lord laid, a, laid, laid it that, you know, she's the one to read the scripture. So be said to read more for today for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now, we, we're talking about the heavenly hope. And uh, just as uh, Don Moen has sung with us that, you know, come to the river of life, you'll find healing here. It speaks of a number of dear ones here who the Bible says they all died in faith, not having received the promises. But just having seen them from afar off, they were assured of them. They embraced them and they confessed they were strangers on the earth. I want you and I to remember that always in your walk as you walk up and down. You are a stranger on the earth. This is not your final destination. This is not your home. Don't fix your hopes and your everything 
on the temporary things that are here on the earth. Don't let your eyes be fixed only on the physical, on the, on the financial, on whatever it is that is around you because the word of God says, you and I, we are strangers here on the earth. But he says that there is a city that you, they, they were seeking for a homeland. There is another place that has been ordained for you. What does that mean? It means you have got no permanent dwelling place on earth. You were not made for earth. In, 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 another, in other words, it will appear that as, as if the Lord is indicating your purpose of, of being on earth is like you are on a journey. We are on a journey passing through. So do not settle, my brother and my sister. And that's the reason why the essence of the visitation of God in your life and in my life is extremely important. The word of God says, he, he speaks, he says that, you know, they desired a better country. And because they desired a better country, he says, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Jesus, before he leaves, he tells his disciples, you know, I am going to prepare a place for you. And when it is ready, I will come and receive you so that where I am, there you may be also. He speaks unto Pilate and tells him, my kingdom is not of this particular place. If it was of this place, then my disciples will have fought. He says, I will have, I will call my, my father. He will send his angels. They will come and fight and deliver me from this particular, this particular calamity or this particular issue that is here. But indicated, my kingdom is not here. There is a different place which is assigned and prepared for you and for I. And as you walk in your walk of faith, let your heart be strengthened and encouraged. I am not here. The, the troubles and the setbacks and the discouragements and name it, whatever it is that we pass through every other day of our lives. Sometimes, you know, you may not have a happy time all through. You are born again. But it appears that there is so many thorns that come from all the sides to make sure that you are not settled and you are not happy and, you know, what have you, and you start asking. Why am I experiencing all this? Ain't I born again? Ain't I made to have it good? Remember the words of Jesus. He says, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So as you walk in, 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 in fellowship with God, realize you are in a foreign land, in a foreign kingdom, in an enemy's kingdom. And he does not like you because you present a kingdom that he hates. He will try all he can to make things difficult for you in this place. But the father has done what he can to protect and to shield you and I to whatever extent he chooses to protect you and to, uh, to protect me. But he assures you, regardless of what happens, there is a home. There is a place where things will be completely different. There is a land that he has prepared for you and a land that he has prepared for me. And I remember Phil sharing one particular time and indicating that, you know, you know, we will not go into heaven. He says he's bringing forth a new earth and a new heaven down here. That is, he will remove this one and bring a new one where he will dwell with you and with me. It's as if God is not satisfied to be in heaven. He wants to be where you are and where I am. And hence he's bringing down a new earth and he says, I will come to live with you so that I may share, you know, my life with you and you may share, you know, yourselves with me for the glory of his awesome name. Let us read Revelation chapter 21 verse 1 to 6. 
these things made new. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then John saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. Amen. Praise God. You hear the testimony of John as he speaks in the Revelation concerning aspects to do with the end. But he says something interesting and where he says that, you know, there is a new, a new earth and a new heaven that are coming down. He says there will be no more sea. We were down at Hastings and we were looking at the sea. And we were sharing with Phil. He says there is not going to be any more sea in that particular land. But there are rivers. There is the river of life in that land. But the sea will not be there. But the interesting thing that he, he puts there, he says, there will be no more pain. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more crying. There will be no more tear from your eye or from my eye. That is for those who make it to that particular place. And he says, I will give the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. This promise is unto you who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. This promise is unto you who has given your life and acknowledged the Lordship of Jesus in your, in you, in your, in your life as Lord and Savior. You who have surrendered yourself unto him and you have told him, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the son of God. I believe that God has raised you from the, you died and God raised you from the dead. And you are seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And you know, you are coming again. A time is coming when you will come again. I believe in you, Lord Jesus. And thus, you ask him, he, as, as you declare that, he says he washes our sin away. away. Because the sin of man is mainly failure to believe on the one whom the Father has sent. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And failure to believe on him is what amounts to the sin of the world. But when we believe on him, he removes that particular sin away. And he makes us to become children of the Most High God. He cleanses us in that blood of his. So the choice is yours and the choice is mine. I want us to be encouraged. The hope that we have is not a temporary hope. Don't be discouraged. Whatever it is that you are going through, let there be the stirring on the inside. One day, I'm going to enter the land where there will be no pain, there will be no sorrow, for the former things will pass away. They are not going to remain forever. They are ending one particular day. Now, to encourage you and to encourage me, he goes back to Hebrews where he says, they all died in faith. Praise God. That means, even if it doesn't happen in our generation, he says, take heart. 
Don't be the type that will be discouraged and made feel, ah, you people, you have been believing these things all this particular time. They are useless. Forget about it. Let us, you know, let us revel in whatever we want to do here on earth because this is the only life that we have. That's a lie. There is another life. There is a hope that God has prepared for you and for I and for that other one who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not let go of your hope. Do not let go of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let nothing shake you from that particular trust that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come what may, he is not a man that he should lie. Praise the Lord. He's not a son of a man that he should repent. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him there's a place being prepared for you, my brother, my sister. Hallelujah. Turn to the other one and tell him, make sure you make it to that place. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that is enough for that. Let us quickly jump into this particular aspect we've been sharing on. We've been sharing on this particular main aspect, the visitation of God. And I want us to sink deeper into this. Today, the main thing we're going to touch on will be found in, in verse 9 of, chapter, of, of, of Psalms 36, verse 9. But before we reach there, let us begin once again at the beginning. In Job chapter 10 and verse 12. The scripture says some very interesting, just, just in the side of my brain and just read from here, don't, don't, don't go too far. That has granted me life and favor, and thy visitation has preserved my spirit. Should read it again, Job chapter 10, verse, verse 12. Just read it again, please. Thou hast, thou hast granted me life and favor, and thy visitation hath preserved my spirit. That is Job. He declares something there as we've been sharing it over and over again. He says, God, you have granted me life and favor, and thy visitation has preserved my spirit. And then we read the, the, the next script, the next script that is Psalms 36, verse 5 to verse 10. This is what it is to have the visitation of God. Listen very carefully from 36, Psalms 36, verse 5 up to verse 10. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are of great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O Lord. Therefore, the children of men put their trusts under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you, and your righteousness to the upright in heart. Amen. Praise God. That is Psalms 36, verse 5 and 10. Give us a picture of what God's visitation in your life and in my life entail, or what it possesses, or what it comes with. He lists so many aspects, there are about 11 or 12 aspects that he says happen in the time of his visitation. And the encouragement we've been encouraging each other is, do not miss the visitation of God. 
We've been encouraging each other over and over. He told Jerusalem, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if only you had known this day, this hour, what you know, what 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 is in, involved in your in, for your good or for your salvation, but you do not know you have missed the hour of your visitation. Jerusalem missed its hour of visitation. And my brother and my sister, the same thing happens unto you and unto I. It's my prayer, we shall not miss the visitation of God. It's my prayer, Hope Community Church, he West London will not miss the visitation of God. It's my prayer, your family will not miss the visitation of God. Make that an appointment of your own heart. Now in Psalms, as we have read there, he speaks of the visitation. We have said we started with mercy. In his visitations comes mercy that reaches to the heavens. You cannot go over that mercy. It is too much, three much, more than you can imagine. It encompasses everything concerning you. You cannot go beyond that particular mercy. So don't run away from him thinking that I have done something terrible that I can't go back to him. He says his mercy reaches unto the heavens. It is for you to restore you back and to make you whole. He says, secondly, my faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. His faithfulness for you is not like that of a man or a woman. It is a faithfulness that is beyond imagination. It blows our minds. It reaches to that. If you can run and reach the clouds, then you will be able to outrun the blessed, the faithfulness of, of, of the Lord. But he says, my faithfulness reaches unto, it reaches unto the cloud. It is immense. It covers the whole earth. He says, my righteousness is like the great mountain we said in his visitation you have got he will do it right everything god does is right whatever is wrong in your life is not god you can make, make rest assured of that in psalms 89 verse 14 we said he says your kingdom is founded on righteousness and justice meaning every single item in his kingdom is right Every thought he thinks about you is right. That's why he says, I know the thoughts, the plans I have for you. They are for good and not of evil because everything in his kingdom is for properly straight right. And he wants you and I to be in the middle of that particular highway of righteousness. It shall be right. Maybe things have been wrong in your life. But God says, my visitation will make them right. That is, when you yield yourself unto me, that visitation will make things right. We he talks of the judgments. We said the judgments of God rule out the enemy. It does not matter what the enemy has said or written about you or what his crowd are speaking about you and your family or about your background. The judgment of God, he says in Psalms, what our sister was reading before, about in Psalms 139, he says, the days that were written for me, they were written in your book long before there was one. And he says in verse 17, as our sister was saying that, you know, all those plans and those thoughts, they are for your good. Every single judgment of God that he has written concerning you is for the best. So anything that has been wrong in your life, it is from the other, from the other side, that is the enemy. And the judgments of God, we say, they come to make it right. 
Has your family been wrecked with sicknesses? Somehow God's kingdom will come. He will seek to make it right in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you been abused? Have everything has been robbed from you? He says, child, if you trust in me, if you seek my visitation, he says, my judgment will rule out the enemy. Because he says, his judgments are as deep as the ocean. You cannot bypass them. You cannot swim and they, they will drown you. That particular ju the, the judgments of God are awesome. That's why, that's why it says what is written in heaven concerning you and concerning your family, concerning Hope Community Church, concerning anything concerning each one of us. What is written concerning you is what is right. But what the enemy comes and presents before our lives, our lives have not achieved anything. We have messed up and we feel we can't be able to make it. No, he tells you, come and my visitation will change the equation. It will change, it will make it right for the glory of God. You've been a drug addict, it doesn't matter. He, he, he has a way to be able to change and turn our lives around. Am I an alcoholic? It doesn't matter. He's able to turn around your life and make you whole yet once again. Have you been you know, the worst of the society? He says, no, it doesn't matter. My judgments will make you right. That is what happens in his visitation. Then we touch the aspect of, of his love, his kindness, which you cannot out, which you cannot outrun. We touched about that in his visitation, he brings you under the shadow of his wings. That is the protection that he has purposed and planned for you in the troubles and the struggles and the storms and the fires that we pass through. He promises. That he will hide you in that particular shadow of his wing. You will come through. That's why I say even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He does not say you will not go through, you will not go through them. He says we're going to pass through some of these hard times. And these trying times. And these painful times. But he says you will come through. Because he is with you. That is in the hour of his visitation. And he, I, we have said the visitation he wants to give you is a moment by moment experience in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We touched on the fullness. He, uh, you are, he will satisfy you with the fullness of his house as he visits. That refers to his anointing. His anointing will break the yoke from over your life. His anointing will start writing what is wrong. His anointing will start giving strength to your feet. And you will start discovering even if I have not been able to do my job right I can actually do it right and I can surprise everybody because the strength the sovereign Lord is my strength his anointing is starting something in my life me who was a dumb, a dumb head whom anybody could not be able to count to be anything I can actually be something why because his anointing breaks that particular yoke from my life and it makes me to be of use in his kingdom in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I don't care what it is that you've gone through. The visitation of God will make the difference. Last week, we touched on the river of his pleasure. And we shared in depth of what that river will do in your life. As you visit him, you enter, come into that particular river where he himself says, your leaf will not wilt. 
He says you'll bring forth your fruit in its season. That is your purpose in life will be fulfilled. You will not be a, a, a forgotten case. No, none of you will be a forgotten case because of the visitation of God. Whatever has happened in your family or in your life or whatever it is that you've been or to your business, it is immaterial. He indicates one thing. Get into that particular river of his pleasure. There is restoration for you. There is restoration for me. There is a new beginning in his visitation. Praise God. And I'm continually encouraging us. Seek to be in that place with him. I'm encouraging you to make an appointment with the Father moment by moment. Be a woman and a man of prayer as you walk up and down. I'm not saying you'll go and cloak yourself for the rest of your life that I'm praying and praying God will visit me. No, it's as you're walking up and down, you are in communion with him continually on the bus. You are magnifying him in your heart. He's coming always to listen to you because he loves to be in your presence. Praise God. Amen. Remember what we shared last in the other time and we said, you know, we learned looking in the mirror, we learned it from God. God wanted to see how he looks like. And so he said, let us make man and woman in our own image, in our likeness. Why? Because they are invisible. They can't be seen by anybody, by anything. So they said, hold on. I think it's time we discover how do, how, how do we actually look like? And they came up with that idea. Let us make man and woman in our own image, in our own likeness, the Bible says. They made him and her. Praise the Lord for the glory. So we say he loved to look in the mirror and he likes to look at you. I said, wow, isn't that cool? That's how I look like. That's what the father continuously longs for to experience concerning you and concerning me. And that's what we are learning about in the hour of his, in the hour of his visitation in Jesus' name. And so... We step into the, I think it's the 10th aspect, he, he, or 10th or 11th aspect. He says, with you, that is in verse 9, for with you is the fountain of life. And that's what I want us to dwell on for a moment this, this morning in the name of Jesus. The fountain of life. We touched the rivers of his pleasures last week, but today... I would like us to share and let our thoughts run on the fountain of life. Think about, first of all, what is a fountain? And how does a fountain come about? Job has told us, you have given me life and favor, and your visitation has preserved my spirit. The same thing will happen to you. God is giving you life and favor. Open your eyes and see it. Open your heart and yearn for it. Reach out to receive that life and that favor. And he says, my visitation will preserve you. Now, if you've ever seen a fountain, if you go across London, you'll see quite a number of, quite a number of things that, that imitate a fountain. A fountain is like a, a, a source from which water or whatever comes out and is you know, it comes out like with pressure. It comes out and it's going to go right in the sky and then it sprays all over. It will cover everything. It is very, very refreshing. You know, in the times when it is hot, you can see children or even grown up, they will go under those particular, you know, sort of fountains. People, they will go under those waters to be refreshed. The Bible says, with you is the fountain of life. 
with God is the fountain of life. Why is it important to receive his visitation? When he visits you, when he visits your family, and don't forget, I say, his visitation depends on you and on me, because he says, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. That visitation comes to us as we draw towards it. And he says that I, we, you know, the fountain of life is with me. I have it right here with me. I move wherever I am. That fountain of life is with me. Just as the rivers of pleasure flow, that fountain of life is with me. Now, you know what? Every particular river begins with some stream or some fountain somewhere up in the mountains. And slowly and slowly, it starts to gather more and more, more and more water, more and more strength. Then it becomes a river and it will flow. People will enjoy it all down the stream. But up there, they don't know where it comes from. But the Father is telling you, I want you to discover where the river of pleasure comes from. It comes from this particular fountain that is over ever always with me. And thus, he wants those particular sprays to be able to spray over, over your life. It is the source and the origin of life. Everything that you think or you desire about in life or whatever that happens in your spirit, it is with him. I remember one time seeing some very strange thing and hearing some very interesting voice. And in that particular, in that particular session, I, I saw something that was, was interesting that in the voice, as the voice spoke, I heard it very clearly. And the question I was asked was, where is the garden of God? And in, the, in, in that particular dream, I told him, the garden of God is over there. It was like in the dream I knew where the garden was. I told him, the garden of God is over there. And then he said, do, do you realize many of my children are going the wrong direction trying to reach that particular garden? They were taking a long route trying to be able to reach that particular garden. But the route to the garden was so straight, right, but it, it was overgrown. It was overgrown with all sorts of bramble and water view such that almost nobody could be able to discover that particular route. Then they asked me, do you know the way to that particular garden? I, I said, yeah, you know, see, this, this one, you just go through here and it is, it, uh, you, reach, you reach the gate of the garden, the garden is over there. And the, but the challenge was, he said that in that garden, the desire of every human being is founded. If only my people can reach this particular garden, I was left with a challenge. And it has continued to run deep in my spirit. Father, there is a garden for the children of God. And that garden, just as it was in Eden, where every desire of man could be met, there is a garden. The Bible says there remains a rest for the people of God. And he wants you and I to enter into that rest. And that rest is found in this particular, as you come under this particular fountain, and you allow that fountain to flow over your life, uh, my brother, my sister, it will start changing your life. In this visitation, away from him, away from that particular fountain, you start to wilt and you will die if you continue to draw away from that particular fountain. Away from that particular fountain, you lose the zest. You know, that particular zest and the will to live 
you lose it. It disappears from your being. You start, you know, moving up and down listlessly, aimlessly in life. You're only running up, up and down after the things of, of, of this particular world. You are engaged in quarrels and in envy and in jealousies and in criticisms, all sorts of things that we get engaged in which are not convenient. Why? Because we are drawing away from that particular fountain. But when we come to that particular fountain, we start getting restoration in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even in old age, if you are to look at Psalms 92, Psalms 92 verse 13 and 15, hear what the word of God says. Psalms 92 and verse 13, 13 and 14, the idea is, is on this one, there it is. Psalms 92. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Praise God. There is something interesting that God is saying there, that even in our old age, that is, or us, of us who are elderly, who, are, who, are, who consider ourselves to be old, regardless of our age, he's, he declares in that particular place, if you are planted in his courts, in his courts you will see the fountains are continually showering over those particular ones that are within those particular courts. He assures them that they will bear fruit even in old age. They will be flourishing and it, that will declare that the Lord is upright. There is no unrighteousness in him. He is our rock. My beloved ones, I encourage you and I encourage myself. Let us determine to draw in into the particular place of his visitation. The of life as it flows from the fountains they refresh you and they, the river starts to sink into every aspect of your life it will restore you for the glory of God in the highest realize what he says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 and 22 my son give attention to my words incline your ears to my saying do not let them depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That is, under the fountains, as those particular, he says, with God is the fountain of life. And my brother and my sister, if you and I desire to enjoy that particular fountain of life, I encourage us, let us start seeking that visitation. Draw near unto him, regardless in whatsoever state you are. Let your heart continually cry unto God. Father, in this business I'm involved in, in this endeavor I'm involved in, I want to be involved in with you. Open my eyes that I may know what it is that I'm going to do. Hear what he says or as he speaks. He says, give attention to my words. As those springs spring over, they spring over and come with the word of the Lord for you. When that spring touches your ear, it opens your ear in that hour of visitation. You hear what others do not hear. You hear secrets that others cannot be able to understand. You hear a voice, as our brother was taught us the other time, you will hear a voice from behind telling you, this is the way, walk in it. This is the right decision to make. You will hear that voice in that shower of the fountain of life as it flows over you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have been in a dry place, 
and you've been finding you are unable to make the right decisions, I want you tonight to go crying unto God, Father, I come unto you, I come, you, the fountain of life is with you, I pray that the praise of your fountain touch my ears that I may hear the instruction that you are giving unto me concerning what I am getting in to do in this particular hour. Realizes as those fountains, as those waters touch, they come over, they touch your eyes, your eye will see what others cannot see. The challenge that I received when I looked into that particular garden, I was told this it was called the secret garden of God. And as I looked at that particular river, what my or, or that garden, my what my eyes saw, it is difficult to explain, but it places such a hunger and a desire within my heart and within the heart of every one of us. Let us desire to draw close to that particular place. There is so much that God wants to do in you and through you, but only you can be able to allow it to happen because as that fountain falls on you, it changes your life and it makes you to be what the Father has desired to be. Your eyes will see what no others are seeing. If you desire that, you will not walk just as a normal human being. You walk with the power of revelation at work right in your life moment by moment because of the fountain that is with him. That is the fountain of life. And least of all, he says, as that spring springs into your heart, hear what, hear what he says in that particular scripture. He says, keep them in the midst of your heart as those springs fall into your spirit. The word of God says it becomes life to you who find it and it is health to all your flesh in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to pray unto God, Father, I want to experience the fountain of life that is with you. I don't want just to read about it. I just don't want to hear about it. I want to sense those particular springs coming over my life to make the difference that I'm supposed to make in my time and in my generation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen to what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What happens in the fountain of life? The interesting thing that happens in this particular fountain is there are three pillars that are, as I was meditating on it, I saw them as pillars. That there are three pillars in life. One is like one is there and another one there. They maintain your life and maintain you on the course of faith. And they maintain you in the path that God has called you unto if you are able to hold on to it. But these particular pillars are realized when you come under that particular flow of that particular fountain of life. And that's what the Lord is calling you unto. What does he say? He says, if you are away from this particular fountain of life, fear grips every step of your life. Fear disables so many things that you desire to accomplish in life. Fear interferes with every decision that you try to make. Worry and anxiety comes all over you and over your family. You wonder which direction to be able to make. But under the fountain of life, these pillars suddenly start to appear and they're enacted in your life and they hold your life secure. That is the pillar of love, the pillar of power, and the pillar of a sound mind. 
You will not be moved. If you have those three things in your life, I can assure you, nothing is going to move you. You've got the love of God permanent in you. You've got the power of His Spirit at work in you. You've got a sound mind. You're not going to be taken for a ride by anybody or any man or any woman. You will know what His Word says. And you are firm in your life because of the pillars that come into your life by virtue of that fountain that comes over you and over me. My brother and my sister, are you coming under that fountain? Are you experiencing that fountain? Or oh, your life is just listlessly walking up and down. In his presence or in his visitation, life is buzzing because the springs are continually you know, spraying over. And he wants them to spray over you. He wants you to experience them. There is fullness of life in his presence. And hear what he says in John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He says, I have come that they may have life. Why? Because Psalms has told us, for with God, with you, is the fountain of life. The fountain of life is right with him, wherever it is that he walks, wherever it is that he stands. And what is he saying? He longs that this fountain may inspire your life. He longs that this fountain may quicken you in your walk with him. He longs that this fountain may replenish and refresh you as you walk with him. He longs that this fountain may be able to restore your life. I know I, there are many things we pass through in life and they distort many aspects of our lives or they manipulate us into ways that we are not supposed to be. But as we come close to this particular fountain and as it sprays over us, we start to be restored. And this one thing starts to happen. We start to discover who Jesus really is. John chapter 14 verse 6. John said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He says, Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The fountain of life is with him. Now, what is he saying that I'm the way, the truth, and the life? Many times we are concerned about ourselves. But what the Lord is saying, it is not about you. It is about me because I am the life. It is not about what you are going through. It is about me because I am the life. And the question he's asking you and asking me is, where is he in our lives? Where is he in our experience? Is he our life? Or is he part of our life? Is he the reason we are living? Or is he, we are trying to, you know, to, 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 to adhere ourselves to something that maybe that concerns him. May the Lord help us because he is seeking a vessel, which is you and I, to express himself in. He is the life. You and I, we are the vessels. And he wants to express himself in us. If he is not in us, our life is empty and meaningless. 
our life cannot accomplish anything. But when we put our trust and we yield ourselves to him, then that particular life that he is becomes what we are. And our lives will have that meaning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. John chapter 8 verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. There is a light in the fountain of life. He says himself there, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Meaning, if you don't follow Jesus, then it automatically says you are walking in darkness. And every time, my brother and my sister, we fail to draw nigh into that particular place of visitation with God, then the light dims. The light continues to dim. And we, have, we find we make the wrong mistake. We take the wrong turn, thinking that we are maybe taking the right turn. But realize, under this particular fountain, what starts to happen in your life is that the gifts of God in you will start being unfolded because you have come into the light. He says, he who follows me will, walk, you know, will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. That light starts to uncover you. It starts to unwrap you what you truly are. He starts to perfect that which concerns you as you come under that particular fountain. There is a blessing in the visitation of God. Job says, your visitation has preserved me. My brother and my sister, I want you to seek and desire to have that particular visitation. It will make the difference in your life. Remember what he says in John chapter 1 from 1 to 9. We will not read that one. We will not read that one. He, say, he says in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Then he goes on and he says. This, in this word. This word it was, it was life. And the life was the light of men. That is this particular word. This word is the light of men. The word that comes forth from that particular spring. I want you to ask yourself, what is that word for me today? What is he speaking concerning my life? What is he speaking concerning my family? It's not according to what I think, but according to what he thinks and what he says. When I manage to catch that, my life takes a new turn. Everything I do takes a new turn. And that's what he's looking for in your life and in my life. What word is he speaking? He says, this light shines on every man and every woman who comes into the world. That is the light of the world. And that is the fountain that continues to pour out over you and over me as we abide in that particular secret place with him in that place of visitation. Remember last week we shared the Samaritan woman it may not be that she was as immoral as we always try to put her. We say she went, kept on going to the well every other time and she used to go alone. I told you a different perspective. She was going there because she was seeking. She was seeking for an answer. She knew that was Jacob's well. She knew Jacob met with God and maybe in her mind.
time she kept on feeling, maybe if I keep going to that well, I will meet an answer that will change my life. And while people, you know, make her a name bad to say maybe she was a prostitute or she was whatever it is that she was, the Bible says because she was seeking after an answer, God changed his cause. For long, the people of God, the Jews, used to go around, round, round that particular place. They never passed there. But because of the hour of visitation, she decided, I will go in that particular place. And she went alone. She was not with the other women or with the other people of the village. She kept going alone. Seek God for yourself. Seek to go to that secret place alone. Don't be a crowd follower. Don't follow what others are doing. Come, let that desire come in your heart. I must have an encounter with God. I will go to that well and I will wait and I will wait. Whatever they say, it is too hot. I don't care. One day it was hot. God showed up. Praise God. God will show up for you. God showed up for her the door with the guitar. The other day, just as she has told us, God will show up for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't wait for others. You go. Maybe it is your time today. Maybe it is your time tomorrow. Praise God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we summarize, remember, his visitation is everything. Hear what he says in John chapter 6 verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. He's saying nothing in me can die. He says, I am the bread of life. That is the fountain. As it flows over you, it has bread, the bread of life in it. The bread of sustenance. I don't know where you seek your sustenance, my brother or my sister. I don't want you to seek sustenance from what men and women are saying. I want you to seek sustenance from the fountain of life, which is the Lord Jesus, and that is his word. Praise God. It will sustain you. It will entrench you in the grace and in the favor of God. Hear what he says in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 12, verse, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Praise God. That scripture says something interesting, saying, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What is he saying? The faith you have is not yours. It is his. He is the author. You didn't conjure up that particular faith to believe on Jesus. He says, I am the author. I started that particular faith. And he says, I am the finisher of that particular faith. He will perfect it. He will accomplish it. He will bring it to fulfillment in the name of Jesus Christ. It does not matter what discouragements or what hard times you have gone through. The fountain of life is with him. And that faith, him being the author and the finisher, 
He knows how to be able to wrap, to unwrap that particular thing concerning you until it's going to start shining like nothing else. But that is as you come into his presence and you experience his visitation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to unwrap you. Did you hear me? He wants to unwrap you. He wants to you to explore and discover, wow, this is what I am in him. Not the opinions of men and women all around about us. Not the opinion of your mother or your father. Not the opinion of the state concerning you. No. He wants to unwrap you so that you can discover this is what I truly am. And as you discover what you are, then you start to blossom. And as you blossom, I told you, there is nobody like you. There is nobody who will do what you can do. You are unique in his eyes. Listen what he says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 to 16. But speaking the truth in love, we grow up in all things unto him who is the head of Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. What am I saying about your being unwrapped? What you're being explored and you're being discovered? It is found in that Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. It says, the body of Jesus grows by what every member supplies. You are not useless. You are unique. You are special. What you supply, I cannot supply. What you do in the body of Jesus, I can never do and I will never do. Because what is written concerning me is not what is written concerning you. Praise God. Every one of us, we are unique in his presence and in his purpose. And hence, our purpose and our meaning in life becomes clear under this particular fountain as it flows on us. And now you remember us as we close what he says in Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 and verse 10 to 11. Maybe you can read that one, Ma Margaret. Isaiah 55, verse 10 to 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes from the, my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Praise God. As those fountains flow, as those fountains flow, he says they don't return to him they continue to flow they continue to flow take it or leave it they continue to flow they continue to flow take it or leave it I repeat again those fountains continue to flow they continue to flow take it or leave it the choice is yours and the choice is mine don't wait for somebody else to go to collect the fountain for you. Praise God. Don't wait for somebody to go to drink the fountain for you. 
No father can drink for the child. No child can drink for the brother or the father or the mother. You drink for yourself what that fountain gives. What that fountain refreshes it is for you. And as you grow, the body of Jesus will benefit from it. Hope Community Church, as part of the body of Christ, will benefit from what is happening in your life and in my life. My brother, my sister, let us seek the place of visitation in Jesus' name. Let us bow down our heads. As you are silent in the presence of God, I want you to imagine. I want you to see a fountain that is open right before your, your eyes. I want you to see that particular spray, the sprays of that fountain going into the air and coming back, descending on you where you are seated. I want you to see those fountains rising up and falling upon your family. Falling upon your children, falling upon your grandchildren, falling upon that which concerns you, whatever it is, your path and the road that you take. That fountain is for you and that fountain is for me. It is the source of what you require and what you need and what you long for. It is the source of what is written concerning you. It is the source of what is written concerning me. Open your heart and open your eyes. Open your spirit. Open your ears. That the refreshing of that particular fountain may start to surge into your being for the glory of God. That the giftings of God that are seated before him this morning, they may be able to arise and flourish for the sake of the body of Jesus. Sickness is ravaging our generation. Depression is ravaging our generation. There's so much heartache and so much cry across the globe. But there is a fountain. There is a fountain. There is a fountain. You and I have got access to that particular fountain. Oh, that we may arise by the grace of God. Draw now into this particular fountain, my brother and my sister. Give God an opportunity to touch your life yet once again. That the fountain of life may flourish again in our generation in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you glory and we give you praise. You are good and your love endures forever. Thank you that with you is the fountain of life. You have come in our midst tonight. And that fountain flows over everyone that is in this place, oh God. In Jesus' name, let there be a turnaround in every man and every woman and every child's life because of this fountain as it comes down on each one of us and on our families, Father. Let the name of the Lord be glorified in our midst. 
Father, if there's any who does not know you as Lord and Savior in our midst, let it be an opportunity that they will lift their hearts and cry out unto you tonight that the fountain of life will touch them. They will know Jesus as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name.